0: Well, once again, good morning, Grace Commons. My name is Daniel. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so grateful that you are worshiping with us this morning. Uh, Before we dive into the message, I want to just take a moment and celebrate uh, all that God has done throughout this week as we've had Love Local. Uh, Thank you so much to everyone who came out and participated. Uh, We have had an incredible time uh, engaging with our community in a variety of ways, whether that's through prayer walks across our college campus, uh, serving meals to our local police station, um, doing random acts of kindness, on and on the list goes. We've had about 20 different events this week, and so far, 195 engagements in our Love Local Week, which is fantastic, uh, particularly in this season of COVID. So thank you all for stepping in and stepping up and loving our community well. Uh, Today, I have the opportunity uh, to continue our series on Live Prayer. Uh, If you were here last week or caught the sermon online, you heard Eric share uh, about these three different movements of prayer uh, that Richard Foster outlines in his book by the title Prayer. Uh, The first one Eric talked about last week is... upper uh, the upper movement of prayer and that's where we come to God with our praise our adoration our thanksgiving it's us looking up to God and giving him thanks and praise for all that he has done and all that he is doing this week we're turning our attention uh, to the inner movement of prayer And this is very different than the upward movement of prayer uh, because the inner movement of prayer isn't praying to the God of heaven or, or the God way up there. The inner movement of prayer is learning to recognize the presence of God within us that is so much closer than we are often aware of. And inner prayer moves us to a place of transformation. Inner prayer is what moves us to a place of spiritual growth. It's how we become spiritually mature. It helps us to become faithful followers of Jesus. Inner prayer really is all about the movement towards transformation. The transformation that you and I so desperately want in our own hearts and lives as we learn what it means to follow Jesus. And sometimes that inner movement is peaceful and it's sweet and it's refreshing. Other times this inner movement of prayer is filled with anxiety and anguish. And it doesn't matter if we're feeling those peaceful emotions or or the anxiety and anxiousness, the inner turmoil. What we need to understand is no matter what you and I are feeling, God is at work in us. As we turn our burdens and concerns to the Lord in prayer and we begin to seek to see, God, what is it you're trying to do in my heart in this season of my life? God, what are you up to? Help me understand why I'm feeling this incredible joy or why I'm really struggling with this decision. We begin to turn inward and and begin to recognize the movement of his spirit within us. Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians 6, 17. He said, whoever is united with the Lord becomes one spirit with him. And that's so incredibly important to understand because when you and I unite our hearts to the Lord and we decide to follow him, uh, we respond to his call on our life, uh, something incredible happens inside of us. The Bible tells us that God sends his Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, to live inside of you and me. And that spirit joins with our spirit and the two become one. So when we talk about this inner movement of prayer, what we're really talking about is trying to discern uh, the voice of the Lord within us to recognize the movement of God's spirit and to say, Lord, what is it that you're doing in me in this moment? What is it that you're trying to show me? What is it that you're trying to teach me in this moment, Lord? Because I can sense your spirit moving and I want to know what it is you're up to. And honestly, as I've spent some time reflecting on this topic of the inner movement of prayer, in my experience, as I look back over my life, and I can trace these moments of transformation, almost all of them can trace back to a moment when I heard the voice of the Lord. See, I believe this inner movement of prayer is very connected to learning to recognize and listen to the voice of God. I'm a firm believer that God still speaks today. And he wants to speak to you, even as he wants to speak to me. The question is: are we willing to listen to what he is saying? We've been talking about this in our in our common space groups. Uh, this is kind of our theme as we move into the year. God speaks, we listen, we respond. God speaks, we listen we respond. And as we repeat that never-ending cycle, uh, that is the very cycle that leads to our own spiritual growth. That is the cycle that leads to the inner transformation of our hearts and lives that we desperately long for. I believe the catalyst for spiritual transformation is simply this. It's listening to God and then doing what he says. God wants to speak to you. He's been speaking ever since he created the universe, and he's still speaking today. But we must recognize that sometimes it takes a little time for us to be able to recognize the voice of the Lord and to that end, I want us to look at a story uh, in the Old Testament. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn uh, to 1 Samuel chapter 3 or look it up on your Bible app, we are going to look at the first 10 verses of 1 Samuel chapter 3 this morning as we begin to see how it sometimes takes a little time to recognize when God is speaking. But when we finally recognize that it's the Lord, transformation is just a moment away. So as we get to that place in our scriptures, uh, let me open with a word of prayer. Father, I am so incredibly grateful for the opportunity uh, to share your word this morning. And Lord, I pray that in this moment, Lord, that you would come even now. And you would speak to me and through me, Lord, that you would speak to all of us who are tuning in live. Lord, that you will speak to all of us who listen later in the week. Uh, Lord, we pray, God, that this would be a week that is marked by recognizing and listening to your voice. Lord, help us to discern when you are speaking so that we can respond and obey. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so here's the story. Samuel, who was dedicated to the Lord at a young age, uh, was living in the temple under the tutelage of a man named Eli. And, And here's what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says, The boy Samuel was ministering before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. What a sad, sad statement. I'm grateful that today the word of the Lord is bountiful and abundant. In verse 2 it says, One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark, which was symbolic of the presence of God, where the ark of God was. And then the Lord Called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And a third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. You have to imagine in this moment, Eli was probably ready to just flip his lid. Like, leave me alone. Let me sleep. I did not call you. But then the text says, then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he, if he calls to you again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If you continue to read the story, what you're going to see is that the God of heaven and earth, the God who created the whole world, began to speak to Samuel. To a finite human being, the living eternal God opened his mouth and began to speak to Samuel. And in the same way, I believe that God wants to speak to you and I today. And one of the ways that we can learn to attune our hearts and our souls and our spirits to the voice of the Lord is whenever anything happens in your heart and you suddenly feel a reaction or a response to something that catches you off guard, begin to just train yourself to pause and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Maybe you, you get an opportunity uh, to, for a promotion at work and you're not sure if you should take it. You come before the Lord and say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Or maybe you get some bad news that really rattles you and unsettles you in a deeply emotional way. And you calm yourself and you take a breath and say, Lord, what are you trying to say to me in this moment? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. As we begin to pray that simple prayer, we begin to invite that inner movement of prayer in our hearts and lives. Speak, Lord your servant is listening, leads us to a place of transformation where that inner movement of prayer in our lives begins to transform us. And so my prayer for you and my my prayer for me is that we will begin to actively seek the voice of God in our lives. That we'll begin to earnestly seek to hear from him. That we'll invite that inward work of his spirit in us. And that we will pay attention to what he is doing in us. See, inner prayer leads us to adopt a new posture. Most of our prayer, if we're honest, is us uh, talking to God. God. We often pray because there's something we want God to do, there's someone we want God to change, Right? There, there's some specific request that we're coming before the Father with, and we're saying, God, would you do this? You see, we pray because we want God to change something, but God invites us to pray because he wants to change us, and that's what that inner movement of prayer is all about, It's about the spiritual transformation. And and my prayer for us is that we would be open and and, and recognize that God speaks in a multitude of ways today. I want us to look at a few different ways that the Lord speaks to us today um, and, and hope that as we talk about this inner movement of prayer, that we will be in a position of openness to respond, to listen and respond to whatever God says, no matter what form he speaks to us in. So, Think about that for a moment. What is the last time you felt like you heard or felt you heard the voice of God? How did he speak to you? What nudge has he recently given you? What conviction has he brought about in your heart? How has God been speaking to you? And I want us to look this morning at a a handful of ways that God speaks today. One of the primary ways that we see God still speaks today is through the Holy Bible, through our scriptures. The written word of God is his eternal revelation toward us, so as you and I dig into the word and, and spend time reading and studying scripture, there have been so many times that God speaks to us from a passage we're reading. That's one of the primary ways. God often speaks through other people. Sometimes we're praying about something and and someone else will come up to us and and just give us a word of encouragement that we immediately recognize is not a word from them, it's a word from the Lord. We recognize that the Lord has just spoken through this individual and, and sometimes we refer to that as a, as a prophetic moment where someone gives a prophetic word and, and it's a word from the Lord through uh, another person to you. Sometimes the person coming to you understands that they're moving in that prophetic gift and other times they think they're just saying a nice word or a word of encouragement but God is working all the same. God often speaks to me in creation when I'm out in nature. There's something about the beauty and the magnificence of God's presence, and all of a sudden I might be praying about something, and then I I encounter something in nature, whether it's a sunset or a sunrise or a beautiful uh, mountain view, and all of a sudden God uh, nudges something inside of me. God speaks to us through worship. I'm sure you've had moments where you've been lost in worship and all of a sudden the words that you're singing begin to do a deep work of transformation in your own heart and life. That's God speaking through the medium of worship. God also speaks to us through the media, right? Whether it's a movie or or a theatrical play, when sometimes we're just seeking entertainment and all of a sudden God will speak to you. I've had major uh, directional words from the Lord come to me through movies, through music, uh, even through a, a Broadway play. There have been times that something just is pulled off of the script of that movie or that play or that song. And it resonates so deeply in my heart that I've learned to recognize the movement of the Holy Spirit that he's trying to get my attention and he's trying to say something to me. God often speaks to us through our thoughts. And this is important because so many people get confused when it comes to listening to the voice of the Lord because they're not sure, am I hearing from the Lord, or is this my own thoughts? And honestly, the answer is usually yes. Yes, yes, it's the Lord. Yes, it's your thoughts. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you, and when His Spirit begins to speak, we process what the Spirit is saying through our minds, so it often sounds a lot like our own thoughts. Do not ignore that still small voice of the Spirit within, because He wants to speak to you. Uh, I've seen uh, times in my own life where God has spoken to me through art. I'll be either in an art gallery or just see a piece of art somewhere, um, and all of a sudden there's again that inner movement of the Spirit, and I'm learning to recognize when I feel something shifting and resonating deep within my heart to stop and say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Even as I look at this picture, what are you trying to say to me, Lord, in this moment through this piece of art? I believe there are times today that God still speaks through an audible voice. Now, I think this maybe happened to me once. I I couldn't bet my life on it, but I'm going to share that story in a little while. But that's one of the ways God still speaks. He can still use his voice to speak in a way that is loud and clear. God will speak through our circumstances. We find ourselves going through something that maybe we didn't want to be going through, but in the midst of that turmoil, we learn that God is doing a deep work of transformation in our heart. And we we again pay attention to the movement of the Spirit and say, God, what is it you're doing in this moment? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God can speak to us through the sacraments when we take communion like we're going to be doing next week there can be moments where as you take that communion I know in my own life there are times when sometimes it feels like I'm going through the motions and other times when it's a deep meaningful rich experience and God is doing something in my heart in those moments I believe God also can speak to us through the desires that he has given us Psalm 37.4 says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Now that doesn't mean that he'll give you whatever you want, because trust me, last night I wanted the Nuggets to win. I prayed that the Nuggets would win. The Nuggets did not win. All right, That might not have been God's desire. When the psalmist says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, he's not saying he'll give you whatever you want. He's saying that he will place his desires for us inside of us so that his desires naturally become our desires. And we supernaturally begin to move naturally in God's will because we've delighted in the Lord and our desires and his desires have merged and become one. Okay. So the real question is not, is God speaking? The, the real question is, are we listening? Are we listening for what the Lord is trying to say to us? In each moment, are we paying attention? to the inner movement of God's spirit in our hearts and life. And my hope is that this morning, this message will inspire you to take some time to really begin to actively seek the voice of the Lord. Maybe you feel like you're in a hopeless situation and you've been doing a lot of talking to God. You've been doing a lot of praying. You've been wagging your tongue tirelessly because you want to see God intervene in that situation. Could I invite you this week? Take some time to sit and say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? In this moment, in this circumstance, what are you trying to tell me? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If we can train ourselves to do that, whether we're in good times or bad, mountaintops or valleys, if we can begin to pay attention to the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives and simply say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening and then we listen, and we respond, and we obey, we will grow spiritually. We will move on to spiritual mature- maturity. We will become more faithful in our pursuit of following Christ. In John 8, chapter 47, John writes this, Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. Listen to that. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. What God says. He's speaking. Are we listening? Again, in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said this. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, we are his sheep and we must be listening to his voice. In the Psalms, in chapter 25, verse 14, it says, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. So again, we see from the, the Old Testament and the New that God is actively desiring to speak to you and to me today. In all these different ways, he wants us to hear our voice. And hearing his voice, I believe, it is the catalyst that leads to transformation in our hearts and lives as we pay attention to the inner movement of his spirit within us. I wanna to end today by just sharing a little bit of uh, Becky and I's journey, our, our own testimony as it comes to, uh, to having children. And um, there was a a journey we went through, and the Lord spoke to us uh, in in a variety of ways. And through the ups and the downs of our journey, um, God was doing a deep, deep work of transformation in both of our hearts, in in both of our lives, uh, showing us what it means to lean on Him, showing us what it means to come to Him with our hearts, uh, desires, uh, and yet not see those fulfilled, uh, and then later seeing the fulfillment of something that we thought maybe would never happen and so let me tell you this story. I, I hope you like stories. If you don't, now's a good time to tune out. Uh, but don't miss out, this, this is a fun story. So, back in uh, 2006, if we rewind the clock, um, Becky found herself pregnant. And, and we did not know how that happened. Actually, we knew how it happened, but we weren't expecting it to happen, if you know what I'm saying. And so we were at first shocked because we weren't expecting it, and then that shock became great delight, and we were so excited to have a little kid and to start a family, and we were just over the moon, and as the weeks went by, our excitement grew to be parents. And then one morning, we were in church. Uh, and uh, we were living in Southern England at the time. And that morning in worship, I had this overwhelming sense that Becky was going to lose that baby. It's almost like God was was preparing me, but I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want it. That's not what I wanted to hear. And so I kind of pushed that. What I thought was maybe just a fear. I kind of tried to push that fear aside. And later that night, she began showing signs of a miscarriage. It was a Sunday evening. And and all night long, I can tell you, we prayed. We prayed that God would save the baby that was growing inside her. We knew that God was able to do it. And we prayed earnestly that he would do it. Throughout the night, we begged. We pleaded We asked the Lord to save that baby, and the next morning we went to uh, the emergency room to have her checked out, and the doctor confirmed that she had, in fact, lost the baby at uh, only 12 weeks pregnant, but it it was like a knife in our hearts. We were beyond disappointed. And we knew that God had the ability to do what we asked him to do, yet for some reason, he didn't answer the prayer the way that we had hoped he would. And we had to work through that pain. We had to work through that disappointment. And friends, I can tell you there were many tears shed. As our hearts were breaking uh, over this news, over the life that we expected to have and realized we would not be having in the time we thought we would, our hearts began to break. And, and what I've learned is that, that sometimes life is, is so brutal that our words fail us. We don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. And sometimes I believe that the litany of our tears is a humble prayer to the Lord. Just the shedding of our tears. In the Psalms, you see David talking about how God has, has kept every one of our tears in a bottle and later he writes about how he wet his couch and his bed with tears from crying all night. We've all been there. We've all had those moments of disappointment and heartache and heartbreak. And even then, we have to train ourselves. Say, Lord, what are you trying to do in me right now? Lord, what is it you want to say to me, Lord? Speak. Your servant is listening. And we had to choose to continue to press forward in our worship of the Lord, not because we felt like it, but because we knew that he is worthy. No matter what happens in our lives, we recognize that he is God, and he is worthy, and he will be glorified. And so we moved forward in faith, and we began trying to have another uh, kid. And for those of you who know me, you know that I am an eternal optimist. And some people find that very endearing, uh, but at times it can be incredibly infuriating. Just ask my wife. So, for us, uh, as we began to try to get pregnant every month, I was fully convinced that this was the month that she would be pregnant. And I was so convinced that I told her, This is it. This is the month. I can feel it. I know it. It's happening. You have a baby growing inside of you. I can feel it. Right? And every month, our uh, hope was turned into disappointment. And as the months turned into years, we still couldn't get pregnant. And we were trying and we were praying and through this whole journey, we are asking the Lord, God, what is your will for us? And both Becky and I felt that at different times, God had said to us that we would, uh, we would have children. We felt like God had promised this through encouraging words from other people, through scriptures we read that just jumped off the page to us, on and on and on. We had uh, countless moments we could point to where we felt like we had heard the Lord tell us that one day we would have children. And uh, it just wasn't happening. And then about four and a half years later, I was getting ready to, uh, we were living in Virginia at this time on the East Coast where I was uh, pastoring a youth group, and I was getting ready to travel uh, to the West Coast to teach on a Youth with a Mission uh, discipleship training school, and, and all of a sudden, this was February 2010, and I can tell you that even though every month for, for years I was sure it was the month that my wife was pregnant, uh, this month was different. This month, like I knew it all up in my nowhere, if you know what I'm saying, right? I knew that this was the moment. I knew that she was pregnant, and as she dropped me off, as Becky dropped me off at the airport, uh, you know, we were we were married for several years now, so there's no parking and coming in with me. It's drive up to the curb, get out, and I think this helped expediate the get out. I turned to her before I got out of the car, and I said, "Guess what?" And she's like, "What? You're pregnant." I know it. She said, yeah, yeah, you've said that before. like, mark my words. You're going to call me this week and tell me that you're pregnant. And I bounced out of the car, and I didn't see uh, what kind of gestures my wife was extending my way as I left. I'm imagining she was blowing kisses and air hugs, but I can't be sure. And I walked into the airport with such a lightness in my steps because somehow, for some reason, this month felt different. I felt like this was really, 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 really the month and so uh, I I flew to California. This was a Saturday. Sunday morning, I woke up and went to church uh, with a good friend of mine, and and during worship, um, this lady uh, kept staring at me, and I assumed it's because I had been working out, and I was pretty sculpted at that point, Uh, but perhaps not. Uh, Eventually, she came over to me in the middle of worship and said, excuse me, uh, sir, I feel like God has given me a word for you. Would would you mind if I share that with you? I'm like, please, please, And, and she said, God has been showing me through this whole morning that that you've been storing up all this love in your heart and you've been asking God for years to bring someone into your life that you can that you can pour that love onto and then she looked me in the eyes and said young man God just told me to tell you it's on they're on the way they're on the way and I had goosebumps, like I do now, I don't, you can't get this, but I got goosebumps just telling the story. Goosebumps just covered my whole body and I knew that was the confirmation from the Lord that my wife was finally pregnant. I took that word and I translated it into our situation and I knew that I knew that this was it. So Wednesday morning, a few days later, uh, the phone rings at 5 a.m. My wife's on the East Coast. I'm on, I'm on the West Coast. Uh, but I figured if she was calling me this early, uh, she, must have, she must have had news about her pregnancy test. And I picked up my phone with great expectations. And through sobs, she simply said, I'm still not pregnant. And I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely crushed in that moment because I was so convinced that I had heard from the Lord. I was so convinced that, that this was the month. This word from this lake, it all did not add up. And Proverbs 13:12 tells us that that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And in that moment, I understood exactly what that proverb meant. I was heartsick. And I remember getting up that morning at five and, and walking down to Pismo Beach and just pacing up and down the beach next to the pier and just crying and just sobbing and eventually the, the anguish that filled my soul turned to anger and I began, my sobs turned to shouts and I began yelling at the Lord. You know, that is a form of prayer. Sometimes you see it through the Psalms where we just have to vent our frustration and our disappointment. Um, you know, uh, Richard Foster calls this the prayer of the forsaken. You know, Psalm 22 verse 1 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus later would repeat that when he hung on the cross in the Gospels. There's that moment where we feel like we have been completely abandoned. We feel like God has let us down. He had a chance. He's able, but he's not, and we feel disappointed. And that disappointment can turn into disillusionment. And I was shouting on that beach. I was saying things in prayer that I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to say in prayer. I haven't read that in a book, but I'm pretty sure profanity is not supposed to be part of prayer. But in this particular case, it may or may not have been. And I'm just venting my frustration, and that frustration turned into more sobs, which turned into a pity party, and I just plopped down on the beach, sitting in the sand, And I began to say, maybe God never really said we would have a family. I began to question if if I had really heard the voice of the Lord. Maybe God never said that. Maybe it was only my my optimism, my my desperate desire to be a father. And I translated it, my positivity, and mistook it for the voice of the Lord. And I began to say, God, did you ever say? Often when we find ourselves asking that question, It comes from the enemy. You remember, right, in in the beginning in Genesis when when Satan comes to tempt Adam and Eve. He says, God, did God really say? And he begins to challenge the things that God has said. Don't be surprised when he does that in your own life. But, friends, I want to tell you this morning an important principle uh, that really shaped my faith that I learned in this season. And that's this. Never doubt in the darkness what God has told you in the light. That was good. I'm going to say that again. Never doubt in the darkness what God has told you in the light. And there I am, back to that beach, February 2010, sitting in the sand. And all of a sudden, in the midst of my pity party, I heard in the depths of my heart, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. Just a scripture reference. And I know the Bible, but I don't know it that well. I literally had no idea what Jeremiah one twelve said. So I got up out of the sand and I made my way back to the guest house where I was staying, and, and I quickly found my Bible, and as I flipped through to Jeremiah 1 chapter 12, keep in mind, I've been saying, "God, did you really say?" Jeremiah one twelve says this: "You have seen correctly. I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled." Now now, friends, I know that in the context of that passage, that is, Jeremiah was not writing about my situation, right? But God has this incredible ability to take his logos, his written word, and to give us a rhema, spoken word, from his word. And we don't build theology and doctrine on scriptures out of context, but sometimes I believe the Lord does speak uh, through a particular passage and it just jumps off the page and is exactly what we need to hear when we need to hear it. And so even in that moment of reading that text, that that God said, you have seen correctly, I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled, In that moment, the one one word from the Lord just refilled my my heart and my soul with spiritual oxygen. It's like I could breathe again after having been held underwater for an obscenely long time. It's like I came to the surface and and gasped air and, and the oxygen of the Spirit just filled me and comforted me. And my faith was renewed in that moment because of God's spoken word. Because he spoke to me. Because I was saying, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. And then fast forward two more months, I'm telling my wife, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I had a lot of bruises in that season from how she would beat me Relentless. No, I'm kidding. That never happened. But, but she wasn't necessarily feeling it. And then two months later, we're almost done. I literally have no idea how long I've been gone, but I'm having fun. Okay, two months later, I'm in the Bahamas as we bring this story to a close. I'm in the Bahamas and uh, leading a team of students on a mission trip. And at the very end of the week, we decided that we would go out uh, on our last night and watch the sunset and have some quiet time on the rocks. And, and as we were getting ready, I was in the bathroom. Uh, I'm gonna leave it right there for you. I'm in the bathroom. And all of a sudden, this might be the one time that I've heard an audible voice from God. It was so loud, so clear. It startled me so much. I literally turned to see if there was someone else in the bathroom with me. And, and this is what i heard in april 2010 three things becky's pregnant it's a boy and you will call him samuel and tears just erupted and began to pour down my face and i wanted to believe that i had heard the lord again but but i'd been disappointed so many times i wasn't sure and so i made up my mind you know i can't come home and tell becky this because if i'm wrong again right that I'm going to be in trouble and so I decided I'm not telling her anything I knew in that moment God had spoken to me there's more story I'll it for another time but I get off the plane and and I come out to the curb where she's waiting to pick me up and as I close the door I said you're pregnant I said here's what happened I, I tried so hard not to tell her but it just burst out of me and I told her what I felt like I'd heard and she said well we'll see Three days later, I'm in a, a meeting with some leaders, and, and my wife knew that from 7 to 8, I had this meeting every week, and she never called during that time. And again, 7.30, the phone rang. i like, oh this is news, And I couldn't answer it, so I just sent it to voicemail. like, no, 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 okay. I get through the meeting. I'm nervous as I'll get out. And at the end of the meeting, I, I call her right back. And again, there's sobs. But this time, there are tears of joy. And she said, I'm finally pregnant. And 20 weeks later, we went for an ultrasound and uh, I kid you not, I have this picture somewhere. The first picture on the ultrasound was, was our son's hand with his thumb up, just hanging out in the uterus somehow. We have a picture of just the arm and the thumb up. And she said to us, would you like to know the sex? I'm like, I already do. And she's like, how? Like, you don't want to know, right? I just, I know. And sure enough, it was a boy. And of course, we named him Samuel. And so you see, through this journey, uh, God spoke to Becky and I in a variety of ways, through a variety of means. And all the while, while he is speaking to us, uh, it's about more than what's going on in the surface. There was an inner movement of God's spirit teaching us to rely not on ourselves, but to rely on him. It It was teaching us to trust in who God is, even when we can't understand what God is doing. And so we went through that whole journey, and uh, God did a deep, deep work of transformation in our life. And, and I'll end with just this, this little picture here. Um, two years later, I went back to Pismo Beach for the first time. The last time I was there, I was on the beach shouting at God and wondering if God ever said. And then the next time I'm there, uh, Becky and Sam came along with me. And after a morning of teaching, uh, Becky was tired, so I took Sam down to the beach to play. And he was running up and down the beach chasing the seagulls. and. Uh, it was kind of cold outside, and all of a sudden, um, I, I, looked at, uh, this, I looked at this scene, and I quickly pulled out my, my camera to snap a picture of it. And in that moment, God reminded me that the last time I was standing on that beach next to that pier, uh, pier I was desperately pouring out my heart to God. And two years later, there he stood. The fulfillment of God's promise. And it looked like the sun was shining down on him. And my wife took that picture and blew it up into a canvas that now hangs on our bedroom wall. Because every time we look at it, it reminds us that no matter what we can see, we are convinced that God is at work. And all he requires of us is that we pay attention to that inner movement of his spirit. And say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So this week, I want to challenge you. Would you take some time to pray, but not the prayer where you're constantly talking, the prayer where you sit and silence your own mind and your own thoughts and simply say, Lord, what do you want to say to me right now? In the midst of this situation I find myself in, what do I need to hear from you? Lord, what do you want to show me about myself? God, what do you want to say to me right now? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let's continue to.